This episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Oakley. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not just the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Two points, it's over. Oh, boy. Almost a foul there. Martin on the drive. Got it! And the Knicks win it in overtime. Welcome in, everybody, to another Knicks Film School Summer League postgame live stream. I'm Chris Persianen here virtually alongside my, I won't say, I, I, you know what? I'll say favorite because there's a joke to come later. My favorite co-host of KFS Study Hall Sean with the W. He's also my least favorite co-host of KFS Study Hall because no matter what, he is my co-host. And that, I think, is why we're we're great together is because we always, you know, we, we agend and we 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 agend and we ponder, we pontificate. But at the end of the day, we always do what it takes to bring you guys the best show we can. So I get along great with Sean. And that's why even though the occasion for today's post-game live stream is a meager, measly summer league win. I think any occasion to live stream with Sean is a great one. That's where I was getting with all of that madness. The Knicks win 82 to 80 in an Elam ending summer league finish 75 all heading into overtime. Charlie Brown Jr., Michael Foster Jr., nice little two-man game inbound, pass it in, go back and forth, hot potato, no you, no you. But it was all strategy to get to the rim without having either player be a penetrator. They just kind of passed back and forth as they got closer. And then it was Foster's turn to finish. He puts it up and in. Knicks go up two. Jet Howard steps sideways, steps back. Almost a picture-perfect game winner from beyond the arc. But it was no good. Anthony Black, their other lottery pick, however, tall guard tips it in. We head to overtime. Very anticlimactic finish to what was an Elam ending finish, but you know, it wasn't an all-star game environment. It's just summer league. Knicks win. Sean, your instant reaction to that game. Is it you don't care? Is it, hey, this these one or two guys showed things that are maybe worth being interested in? Is it they did and I still don't care? How are we feeling? I don't care. Um, and shout out to Asian Ferg in the uh, KFS Patreon Discord, who was like, who echoed the sentiment I've had for the last week is just that I'm glad that these games don't matter at all and there's nothing to look forward to. With that said, I think we all thought that three by Jen Howard was going in was let you know that Nick's PTSD <laughs> extends to Summer League. <laughs> Because I was just like, and then it took that crazy bounce. And it, to be fair, that extra bounce is what allowed the uh, the tip in at the end. But well, Nick, Nick fans saw the Cam Johnson banking three pointer to win the game. Nick fans lived through TJ McConnell, you know, over Carmelo Anthony. Um, I want to say there was one other like ludicrous. Obviously, Nick fans saw had the Dirk fade away, the Giannis fade away, um, the Luca you know, madness game winner, but even, even role players have their game winning moments against the New York Knicks. So, you know, I I do understand your point there. Um, But speaking of those two guys involved in that play really, really quickly, I'll draft nerd out in for a second and we're going to do it from a Knicks perspective. How did you think about how the Knicks went about playing Anthony black and jet Howard, obviously both put some numbers up, but, didn't result in a win, you know. Do you take the the result? I mean, I take the result. Uh, the I mean, talking to talking in the Patreon, uh, Jalen. You know, Jalen Martin looked to to quote. I think Dirty Dancer said it. And if it wasn't Dirty Dancer, I apologize. He said uh, he gave him some. He gave him some hopium. Yeah. Uh, Right now, I was like, yeah, it's true. And I actually said, you know, I look forward to seeing him in Westchester. Um, you know, what's his, what's this guy's name? Fran Franfra Schiller made that the, the 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 famous quote about I forget who about you know he's two years away from being two years away. 
Um, I don't think he's two years. I don't think he's two years away. Um, but you know, it was nice to see, you know, it, 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 I mean, I mean, listen, 75 points in, 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 uh, 75 points in, um, um, in 40, in, in 40 minutes is, is nothing is like, uh, but you know, it's nice that we like, I, I think we said it last time, like, listen, we're just trying to find out who like the 14th or 15th guy on the roster is. And maybe we have one of those guys. And unfortunately, uh, it may not be Trevor. It may not be Trevor Keels. Oh, yeah. You know, that's that was the next place I was going to go to. I was going to say the Knicks don't necessarily have premier prospects, lottery prospects to analyze in this game the same way that the Magic have an Anthony Black and a Jed Howard. Um, and honestly, everything that I was going to say about Jed Howard, just fun facts and trivia, I think was, you know, George Sedano covered it all in their in-game interview. Um, yeah, he played with his brother for his dad at Michigan. Um, definitely an experience where everything was tailored to him. How does he look in an NBA summer league environment where he kind of has to go get his own? I was impressed by his ability to go get a bucket. Um, I think that's something that Trevor Keels didn't have on the other side. So we can switch to, you know, to all the Nick players. Now there are, there are names that I think are worth bringing up. Okay. So there's Keels. There's Martin. There's Brown jr. There's Foster Jr. There's Peterson and there's Sapinsev. And I think outside of those six guys, the discourse is rather unnecessary at this current juncture. Um, uh, you know what? How did I forget? Did, did you great, say, Mr. Oh, go ahead. The great and venerable Isaiah Roby left off my that, list by accident. I, okay. I was going to say that. Um, okay. Roby, Keels, Martin. Brown Jr., Foster Jr., Peterson, Sapinsev. That's seven players. And I think those are the only seven worth talking about uh, to any sort of detailed extent on this roster. Sean, you want to play like a rapid fire game where we where we rattle takes off? Because, I, I, you know, I don't think anyone necessarily wants to hear in-depth analysis of this stuff. But I do think that people are looking for a summary of this summer league game. What's your one to two sentence takeaway of Isaiah Roby tonight? I think the uh, reports of him being the replacement for Obi Toppin have been vastly exaggerated. That is my one sentence uh, review of Isaiah Roby. Yeah. Okay. Your your one to two sentence view of Trevor Keels tonight. Trevor Keels may not be an NBA player. Sentence one. Sentence two. It's a fine sentence one, man. He... Looked better today than he did on than he did on um, Saturday because yeah, I did not see Sunday's stream. game. Right. So so that is prog that is progress. I'll give a third sentence. Um, I'll give a third sentence. The second year player in summer league, the struggling second year player in summer league, is a red flag. Shout out to DJ Zulo, who pointed out about Johnny Davis on the timeline earlier and about the struggles he's having. So it is important to see Trevor Keels play better than he did on Saturday, but he still has some ways to go. I will enjoy watching him in Westchester this season because their arena is very close to my house. Yeah, so I think Roby Keels is a good place to put a little first first stopper in our our rundown. Um, Roby, I would have a similar takeaway. You know, I, I didn't ever take the rumors seriously that that this was an audition for him to be the backup for. Um, I, I think, frankly, the Knicks are better off using that roster spot on Daquan Jeffries over Isaiah Roby uh, in case they face injury at the at the the winger guard spots. Roby is not someone who I would trust uh, with NBA minutes. If you can't make any sort of mark on summer league, I think he was like not great. The first game. Um, I, I do think that um, he wasn't bad enough to be like, Oh man, this guy can't even play summer league. I just think there's a reason why he's the age that he is and he's still playing summer league. And, and that's a, that's a blunt and, and kind of almost too honest 
way to put it for my liking. I, I just, I don't see it. Um, and that's okay. And he still has time to show it. There's one more game, but if one game of summer league, and if it's the last one that matters, if it's the first one and then he doesn't do it again, that's different than building up to it and showing it in the last game. But I, I, I can't say that how, like if this last game goes really well for him, I still don't think that puts him in position to be the backup four Cause I don't think if all four games went well for him, he would have been in position to be the backup four. I just don't think that conversation was ever to be taken seriously. So that's it for Roby from me. We can check him off our list. Trevor Keels, from me, I see Kevin Danishevsky in the comments remembering something I said about him from last year's draft class and, and also repeated in the other day's stream. Keels has one ability right now at a summer league level or a G League level, and it's that's like legitimately good. And it's his size and his handle based on his size. Like, yeah, he can go towards the rim with the ball in his hands, dribbling it and bump guys off him or step past them and then whether he actually can go past them with the ball is a question. Whether he can get a shot up that he can make is a question. Does he have a floater that's reliable? I don't think so. Does he have a mid-range pull-up that's reliable as a bailout of a drive? I also didn't see that yet. So he's exclusively driving and reading because he doesn't have the pull-up. You know, like a lot of people raise concerns about Scoot Henderson's shooting, Sean. And for me, it was like, he's just got to make the open one. He's just got to make the open ones. He's got to come off the screens. And if he's open, take it. So they've got to keep guarding him so that he can make the passes. I don't know that Keels can make the open ones. And so I would definitely prescribe another year in Westchester for him. Um, and, and if there's minimal improvement at next year's summer league, I would be fine with the Knicks cutting bait entirely. I just think you see so many guys take so long to shine. I, I threw out the Kyle Lowry comparison when Keels was drafted, not because I said Keels would be Kyle Lowry, but because I said it took Kyle Lowry four seasons before his three point shooting was not in the teens. And he was able to actually play minutes on an NBA court that like weren't abhorrently harmful to his team. I am not saying that Keels will ever be on the level that Kyle Lowry is on today as a 35 year old man. But what I am saying is that Mike Conley needed four to five years. Kyle Lowry needed four to five years. You're seeing Dennis Smith Jr. break out as a, a defensive specialist now, right? What the hell is that? That's awesome. That's basketball. That's when basketball feels like baseball, those weird little quirks. And those are things that I love about both sports. Keels is someone who like can do things that to me are worth keeping in Westchester. But I like, I value him in Westchester getting reps more than I value him as the 14th or 15th man on the roster, not getting reps. And that's, I think a, a big thing right now. So Keels enough from us on him can cross him off the list. Um, and now we can talk a little more quickly about the rest of these guys. I just thought those two were the, the two summer league Knicks that needed discussing Jalen Martin, Sean, the guy who the Knicks put a vote of confidence in with a two year, two way deal. And who said today, pretty much all the right things in his post game interview after his game winner, he goes, Hey, you know, big moments, if they're going to come, I'm just trying to do my best to help the team in those big moments. And then he was asked about the comeback in the, uh, the third quarter from 11 points. He was like, Oh, that wasn't me. That was all QJ Peterson. He was the guy that was him said the right things. How are we feeling about Jalen Martin's performance today? And, and, you know, a little bit of what he said post game matching up with Ian Begley's reports that he really is a team guy, a hard worker, ETC. Yeah. I think, um, like in, for that post game, we asked him like, "What do you, what you know, what do you take away from summer league?" And he's like, "You know, I think I could play off the best." Uh, now, obviously, the joke I like to say is, uh, "I'm not going to make that joke." Actually, I can't do that. The joke I like to say that is that most summer league rosters are our future UPS men versus your future UPS men. I make that same joke for uh, preseason guys, like the 85th man on in the NFL for NFL preseason. But there's something to be said about you know going up against playing against NBA level talent and feeling like you belong. And it looks like he it looks like he belongs. He looked more comfortable today. Um, again, hopium is there. Um, I, some, you made a very interesting point just now. It's like, you know, it, 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 it's better for their development to go to Westchester than to sit on a bench and be the 15th guy. Um, stop like, the G league stigma. People need to stop associating G league with bad. That's just yeah. so that's such a couch take. Like we are all, if they, if the G league is bad, we are all like negative 
negatively good. Like if you can make three pointers, you're negatively good because you can't mm-hmm. handle at an NBA. Like I don't know how do you, how do you evaluate things? Like so not fun. I don't know. I think um even PJ Carlissimo had alluded to it during the podcast podcast during the broadcast that um you know the G League used to be like all right you just stuck like your 16th, 17th, 18th men there and just, and you know, and just let them play, whatever. But now teams are actually using Summer League. I'm Summer League. Teams are actually using the G League as development. I, I actually believe one day some team, probably San Antonio, will be smart enough to say, you know what? We're going to draft this kid third overall, knowing damn well he's not ready, but we're going to draft him and we're going to send him to, we're going to send him to, I guess, though, I think. Austin is there. The Austin Toros is their G League team. I don't know if they still exist, but I think teams are going to start doing that. And of course, the first time it happens, people are like, oh my God, da, da, da. but no, like it's like you're, to your point, it's not bad. They are still there. But Austin, the Austin Spurs Tor- are still there. Yeah. Bang. Austin Spurs. Austin Spurs. They used to, I think they used to be the Toros. They're just, they're still there, meaning Austin. Yeah, whatever. Okay. So, you know I mean. yeah. So, um, I'm looking forward to seeing Jalen Martin in Westchester. I'm looking, you're going to see Isaiah Roby in Westchester. Again, the whole backup power forward, get over. That's not, that's not, that's, that's, that's unfair to him. Um, and then Mr. Keels, I mean, you know, yeah, he, he has some things he needs to work on, but to your point, not all progression is linear. I remember Kyle, a lot of people, like a lot of people think Kyle Lowry was drafted by the Raptors and no, he wasn't. He bounced around for a while. Um, so we shall we shall see. Grizzlies, Rockets. He was all over. Mm-hmm. Dominic Martin, interest interesting player. Um, going to be in Westchester for this entire next season, and also the one after that because the Knicks have already put down their foot as saying like we want you as part of like almost like a soccer thing, a football thing here. Like, come, we want to sign you to our youth skills training program, but for two years you're not playing anywhere besides there. Um, Charlie Brown Jr. I tweeted out that like. There was some flashes of functional NBA stuff. To me, I was impressed by how bad the jump shot was. Um, But then also the cutting, decent speed, able to cut. And when he did cut, it wasn't like a cut where, okay, he's big and strong or whatever, but he can't do it. No, like he's not even that super strong. He just would cut and then had decent touch around the rim and flip it in. That's a translatable skill. Um, I, I like that he walled off Anthony Black pretty effortlessly late in the fourth quarter. Tired, gassed. I like that too. So there was stuff from Charlie Brown Jr. that to me was like, hey, I want to do, like keep this kid in Westchester. Like this is one of the guys who I'm looking at that I'm like, is he better than Keels already? Probably. If he ever gets a shot, is he an NBA player? Yes. How many hundreds of guys has that been said about that have never ended up being G League players? Yes. So, you know, I think I think that it, it, you know it, it's worth keeping him around in Westchester. And that's it for me on on Charlie Brown Jr. Um I'm going to extend you to him along with uh, him to you along with Michael Foster Jr. If you have takes on either of the juniors tonight, Charlie Brown Jr., Michael Foster Jr., both guys that couldn't contribute in a legit NBA rotation role today, but are kind of like one thing away from being the worst player on a team, maybe good enough for that level. Like, yeah, I don't know what you had takeaways on either of them, or they were both just kind of mad to you because summer league, it's these guys. It's about, did they pop or not? So really I'll rephrase my question to what I really mean. Did either Brown or Foster pop for you? Brown reminded me that he is the son of Charlie Brown from the 2000 Michigan state Spartans, which makes me old. That is all the that's all that I have about <laughs> Charlie Brown Jr. and uh, for Mr. Foster, Mazel. Yeah, you know he had the late bucket that was important um, for putting us put, put putting us in in a position to maybe not have overtime, uh, but he you know that did not follow through. I just thought. Brown from walling off Anthony black to cutting smart and right, which is like how this whole summer league team has played is very cut oriented, which I enjoy. Um, And then Michael Foster jr. Kind of invisible as well. Like Roby today, invisible uh, except a couple nice buckets from foster. Um, All right. Sop and Sev. Can we agree was again, a fun hustle guy, but 
today didn't really show too much that wowed you, but like was you know good good to keep in Westchester. Do we agree? Good to keep in Westchester. You know what I thought was watching stop stop and stuff today. It wouldn't surprise me if next season, not this upcoming season, but next season, he was our number three setter. Just because I feel like he will do more of what Tibbs wants. The th- he will do the things. Sims. Yes, he will yeah. do the things. He will. Yes. So I just I just got that feeling watching watching him. Like I could see after next year, they're like Jericho. Thanks, but we're gonna go with this. We're gonna go with him now because he'll do what we tell him to do. I think more likely than either of those is they just get someone else entirely on a new two way or something like a fresh rookie scale undrafted contract where it's like two year two way or something, you know, whatever it is. Um, I I like the two year two way deal they did with Jalen Martin. I would like if they did one for a center next season. I like weaponizing the G League, right? It's like. uh, Having the G League at your disposal and refusing to use it for whatever reason is like being offered financial aid by a college and turning it down to show you can afford it. Like, sure, cool. You can be a good team without a functional G League team. But what is it costing you to set up a nice farm system that that replenishes itself and can feed you 12 to 15th men on the roster that are productive, that understand your system, that have broken down the table with your coaches, that have worked with your coaches? It's it, it just, you know, why, why not, right? The Knicks have spent so much in all the uncapped areas of the league. Analytics, um, practice, you know, software and, and things of the sort in the practice facility. Um, they pay their coaches and executives out the wazoo for the, for the playoff series. They paid for all the players to stay in hotels near the garden so that they wouldn't have to commute from the training center. Like if they live up there in Westchester, I just think, like the Knicks spend so much, why not spend there too and, and keep it stocked? So I, I like the thought of Asap and Sev being around for this season as a, as a big that can play down there. Um, I just also think they're going to look to freshen up the contracts that are down there. And, and Sop and Sev already played there last year and would be playing there again this season. So we'll see how that goes. I saved this guy for last because we've really only seen more of him now with Daquan Jeffries out. QJ Peterson had a five the five first points of overtime and, and did some damage in the third quarter to bring the Knicks back from being down 11. Did he pop for you at all? Or was it just like, ah, this guy's doing the scoring thing, but that's all I can see him doing. And we know how those guys that are short, that can only score pan out. Like was where on us, are you excited about that at all? Or did, did it not really move any sort of needle for you? No, didn't move the needle for me. Um, six for 19, 31% from the field. Like I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, Guys who are short that all they do is score do not have a they don't have a long um lengthy stay. A lengthy stay at the in the league. <laughs> so he's gonna have to uh I'm actually have his thing or I'm gonna pull actually I can't even pull up his height, but um go ahead because as as we're you, you got time because as we're talking, the Knicks just put up a post about QJ Peterson. 16 points, nine rebounds, five assists. Yeah, of course they're not gonna mention, you know, the, the field goal percentages. He was he was the player of the game for them, according to the Knicks social media team. So maybe they're maybe they're listening. Put that out right, right as we uh, as we started talking about him. All right. I mean, <laughs> like I said, listen. Congratulations to him. Um, he, yeah, like I said, flat short, says six, Google. Six, yeah, six feet flat. Like you gotta have, you gotta like, you gotta learn to plate make. Got to do something else. You just can't be like a straight scorer. There's a guy he reminds me of, and I can't remember his name. Um, like a shorter guy that was like, you know, scores. And then you're like, this was never really heard from in the league. I like that he's, he's, he's 28 years old. I like that the Knicks are doing this thing from up with Brunson and Hart and Hartenstein and DiVincenzo, even down with, with QJ Peterson. And you want to even say like a Roby, like trying to catch guys before they break out or before they hit that next level where their valuation changes. Um, I think they thought they could try to catch Cam Reddish before his value went up. Same process there, even if the result wasn't what they wanted. Um, QJ Peterson, 28 years old, not someone who a lot of NBA teams would give summer league reps to, but the Knicks didn't have a creator 
at all. Jeffrey's really just a scorer, shot creator for himself, not as much for others. Keel is a shot creator for others, but not himself. So teams don't respect it the same way. Um, no, no one on this Knicks Summer League roster is someone who you trust reliably to go get you a bucket without a screen. And so for QJ Peterson to be on the team, someone who can shoot um, and has confidence in his shot from deep, I think was important for the other guys just to have someone who can do that thing. Um, that's the thing. Summer League is a lot about like NBA things. You know, this the way that we talk about the the real NBA game is we talk about the edges that teams had. Oh, their rebounding was really great tonight. In Summer League, it's like, how many NBA things can your team do? How many NBA things can your team do? How well do those things fit together? Okay, you're going to win. You're going to be the better team. You're going to, it's a lot more cut and dry. And the Knicks didn't have guys who could do the NBA thing of like shot creation for others. And so, um, I liked Peterson being on the roster. I liked what he brought to the table. I was not enamored with the shot selection, but literally like someone has to take those shots. And so that's my defense of him uh, with the poor percentage is that like someone's got to take those shots and no one was creating anything for anyone. Absolutely. I find it amazing that we have spent 26 minutes plus breaking down these players chasing a dream. Well, we just finished. We but we know we did, but we did, we did, and it was amazing. And uh, Chris, this is why they pay you the mediocre bucks that they do to provide that ana- to provide that analysis again on a Wednesday night in July. We are watching some always, always dialed in. Always I would have been, I would have been watching regardless. <laughs> Come on now, I, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. What's up, Knicks fans? Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good, and that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. Not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our Oakleys. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now. Check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. Also, did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? Now, I know what you're thinking. GMAC, what the hell is that? Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to Oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information today. So we do have we have a super chat. Let's get to that. Um, let's get to that. And then we also have some other chats I want to get to before yeah, we get yeah. out of here. Um, so, yes, as you see on the scroll, you know, put your thoughts in the live chat. Um, super chats are not required, but they are appreciated um, right now. Uh, so as of right now, I will be will be having one wake up rap from Dunkin Donuts each courtesy of Mr. Kevin Danishevsky. Kevin, oh, hey, hey. good to hear from you. Sup, fellas? Kind of liking this Peter, this kid Peterson. Could see some time in Westchester. Fun to see Jawan Tibbs yucking it up. All in all, good. This doesn't matter. Um, is it true that? Is it true that? Uh, 
QJ Peterson is Morris Peterson's son. I need to look this up. Um, I need to look this up because if that is if Mo, if that is his son, I am really old. But um, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll do I'll do my I'll, I'll I'll look it up. But in the meantime, um, like I said, I don't think it was. I don't know if you'll see him in Westchester. He currently plays. He currently plays in China, I believe. Yes, he plays in China currently. Um, so for me, I mean, listen, if he's making a decent living, I don't know if he wants to come over, but you never know. But I think the guys that you'll see in Westchester from this team, like you'll see Keels, you'll see Martin, um, you'll see Roby, maybe a Charlie Brown. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if you're going to see. I don't know if you're going to see. I don't know if you're going to see QJ Peterson. Yeah, um, fair, fair, same, same answer. You know, he's 28. He's making money playing overseas. I think he appreciates the shot um, to come play for for a summer league team and compete for a roster spot. I'm not sure that if not given a roster spot by any roster that he would say, okay, I'm going to um, go do this now. Mm-hmm. And QJ Peterson was born in West Virginia, which means I do not think he's more Peterson's son. Um, I'll probably even do the math. He did go to VMI. Shout out to the Kidets. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you'll see him around. So thank you, Kevin. Uh, next up, we have here's some chats that we have. Um, this is from Matthew Stein. This is the first. This was the first chat that we got. It said Jeremy Cohen looks like Duncan Robinson. I think that is a wow. Diss. And I don't think Jeremy Collins can be very happy about that. Um, wow. So there you go. Next from Vivek. Shout out to Vivek. Good to hear from you. Uh, I salute anyone who watched more than 10 minutes of this game. Well, thanks Vivek. Thank you, Vivek. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did not see this whole game. I had a pri- I had an engagement that ended around eight 30. So I caught it about halfway through the second um, but then watch for the most part through all throughout. Um, I did also have the uh, Gold Cup semifinal between the U.S. and Panama uh, on. And spoiler alert, the U.S. lost in penalties. Um, so Panama will be going to the final to waste the winner of Mexico and Jamaica. And why do I say this? Because I bet on Jamaica to win the Gold Cup at 16 to 1. After the knockout stage. Yes, the gambling never stops, ladies and gentlemen. Never stops. All right. Next from Dirty Dancer. Screw tradition. Make every game an Elam ending. I want to see celebrations of 20-point blowouts. Chris Persiani, your thoughts on the Elam ending? Uh I think when the target score is only seven points above <laughs> the final, it's not fun. I was underwhelmed. It only got fun when it got to 80 to when it was like 80 to 80. That's when it got really fun. But thinking to myself, if a team rattles off a three pointer and then gets an and one after that off a bad call, they are now any sort of score pot, literally including a free throw or technical free throw away from just winning the game entirely. And I think that's, I don't know if I like that a fast break layup an and one and a three pointer can win you a basketball game. So for the summer league, I understand they wanted to go small, even nine points above the dang final would have been better than seven. But um, I do really like it in the all-star game when it's like 16 above the fire, 23 above the it's final, tw- what it's 24, 24, right? So, oh, oh, so it was a themed score. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe a maybe thirteen is the sweet spot. Thirteen or fifteen? Okay, in a vacuum, it is the sweet thirteen to fifteen points will be fine. The thing is, this is summer league. Oh, oh, I'm talking. I was talking for NBA for summer league. I would have liked. I would have liked nine for summer league. Do you remember the crazy? Do you remember overtime used to be for summer league? The overtime rules used to be. Wasn't it just sudden death? No. For overtime one, two minutes, overtime two, sudden death. Yeah, that's because they're like, we are not. <laughs> I've that's actually ob- seen sudden that's death. That's objectively <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> hey, <no> man, <laughs> you accidentally scored in your own basket trying to get a block goaltend. That's a game. That's a ball game. <laughs> but I mean, I think seven, I think maybe seven is like three baskets. If you get three baskets, okay, let's go home. But I do think that, um, 
I do think that uh, um, if yes, if they were ever bringing up the Yuma ending in the NBA, I think 13, 15, 15, yeah. 15 is a good number. 15 like is a good that. number. Yeah, 15 is a good number. All right. Next next chat uh, from Nick P. Thanks, Nick. I think Martin can grow. Brown looks decent, but I don't see anybody to be a fit for our team's need. This is a great comment. Yeah. I think you summed it up pretty. That's a great comment. You summed it up very well, Nick P. Um, these these are all guys that are fighting for being the top three most intriguing players on the Westchester Knicks. Mm-hmm. This These guys are not seriously fighting for a New York Knicks rotation spot. Maybe Daquan Jeffries earned himself, you know, getting that roster spot again because of how he played and the fact that they want someone who can score for the guys to go against in practice. Mm-hmm. I think also do also keep in mind that a lot of these players maybe get picked up by other teams. So basically they're getting stuff on tape so that maybe Charlotte, Utah, whoever, Minnesota, New Orleans will say like, you know what? We could maybe we could use you as our 15th guy to practice stuff like that. So it's all about getting um, good stuff on tape. Um, you know what's not getting good stuff on tape? That QJ Peterson three when we needed two to win the game. Oh, that was, like, oh that was off. I, I tweet really nicely about summer league plays and I kind of like threw some shade on that. But that's why it's a summer league. So it was a hero ball as three pointer. Awful. It was like up three with the ball. You only need two. And he put that. T- oh, man, that was amazing. All right. What else we got here? I think I got two more comments left. Cool. Uh, Drippy. What did everyone think of the OT format? Thought it was pretty exciting. Kind of. We just covered this. Yeah. Uh, Elam. End- I like fun. Elam ending. It's fun. It's fun. Um, Different doesn't always mean good. But I think better. this is I think this is a, a good different. Is it a better different to be debated? But I do think it's a good different. I'll say this. The good the the, the, the thing about the Ilma ending is that every game ends on a made basket. Um, I actually remember in uh, TBT in 2021, um, Bayheim's army winning on the thing. <laughs> that was the, that, now you want to talk about the heat check three. That was the down two, took the three to win it. But like you, every game ends on a three. I mean, every game ends on a, on, on a made shot. Um, so yeah. imagine if the stakes are a little higher and that happens, you know, will it be coming to the NBA? Listen, in the world of the NBA in-season tournament, anything is possible. So I wouldn't hold my breath, but you never know. Do you think that... See, here's the thing. I think they would die to put it only for the in-season tournament games, but then they wouldn't be able to count those as regular season games and nobody would play in the tournament. So mm. they really had to pick a battle there and they decided to, to to fight the battle that involves getting the star players to actually play the games. I bet you... Maybe not this year, probably not this year, but next season, the championship game is the Elm ending because the championship game doesn't count during the regular season stats. Mm, that's a great bet. I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take the other side of that bet. I'd try to get in on that with you. Yeah. Find I think that, uh, yeah. Um, I think that will happen. All right. Fred Katz uh, hates fun. Can we get Fred to take the other side? Maybe John. John hates John, John hates fun hates, more. Yes. Can we John get John to take, take the other side of that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh thank you, Drippy. And from Dirty Dancer, no, don't give Tibbs any more true centers. <laughs> Jericho Sims is a true center. He's now he may not be the stereotypical Tibbs center. Like but you know he's a center. But to like Chris said, like he do- Jericho Sims is and he is one of the centers of all time in the NBA. Yes, Scott and Sev, and I've been saying Scott and Sev all day. I'm terrible. Scott and Sev, like I said, when I watch him, he looks like okay. He will do the things that Tibbs or not just Tibbs, any coach would want you to do. And he may not be great at them, but he does them well enough. And like I said, you know. I think Scott himself is like 25 years old, so he'll be around. And like I said, he'll be I could see him being a third string center. If not with this team with somebody else, you you never know. Yeah, All right. a little, little game there. 
Yep. Uh, let's see. Oh, actually, I'm going to throw this one. I'm going to throw this chat up from Ryan K. Quigley, who says, are the Knicks going to keep Fournier until a star deal presents itself, or do they right, do they do the right thing and find a new home for him anyway? I don't think the Knicks are particularly pressed in either direction. Yeah, I don't think they're thinking to themselves, oh my God, we need to keep Evan Fournier until we can trade him for a star. And I also don't think they're thinking to themselves, oh my God, we need to attach a second round pick to Evan Fournier and get nothing back for him um, so that we can just rid ourselves of him. I think they know he's a consummate pro. I think they know he'd prefer to play somewhere where he has an opportunity to play. I also think there might be a very real conversation coming with him where they say, Hey man, we talked to 14 different teams about acquiring you. And every single one said that you wouldn't get a minute there all season, unless someone was really hurt and their backup was also hurt, which is your situation here. Would you like to just keep living in New York city? will fake an injury will do you a little solid and fake an injury and say that you chose to just sit things out and play it safe or whatever it is and just handle it like that. I, I don't think they're pressed in either direction. I don't think they're pressured to make anything happen, whether it's finding him somewhere he's going to play. Cause I don't think that place exists or finding him a new you home. You don't think where, that place exists in the NBA. Who's who's playing him. Give me the player that a team has that will be moved to the bench. And I advocated for New York to sign Fournier really big time. I remember. Give me a player that a team will move permanently to the bench or or, or then give me the rotation that extends to another man in order for to, to reap the benefits of playing Evan Fournier. I do not know the rotations for all 30 teams off that's, the top of my head. That's you're not but, in, you're not a madman. You have a life and a child. That's very fair. I will say I, that I, I think, but it's a trick question in that, like whoever you say, I'm gonna be like, no, because they invested a draft pick in him. No, because they just signed him themselves. No, because that's the new regime's guy. No, because that's a, a valuable contract. No, but you know what I mean? Like I just think it, No, I see I hear where you're coming from. And I'm looking up his I'm gonna make sure I get this number right. Um Evan Fournier is like a career 38% three-point shooter. So done for me recently. Oh, I think if you have shooting, if you can shoot there and you're not, and you and you can move and you're not a complete stiff. He can't move. He's a stiff. If I I move like, no, no, Steve Novak couldn't move. Evan Fournier could move. I think he could move. I don't think he can move. He is a career 38%, 37.9% free throw, three-point shooter. I believe that the bucket, okay, here's the bet that I'm willing to make. And I made this bet because, and I've said this to everybody because last year in spaces, I said um, very that infamously. Was, that was true last year. And now you saw him get in games this year sparsely and he, he has lost whatever step he had. Well, I said that Evan Fournier has a place on the team and I would die on that hill. Clearly, I rolled down the hill in death um, because he needed his shooting. Um, but I feel as if there will be a team. And again, I don't think he's walking to anyone's starting rotation next year. But I think there would be a team who could use Evan Fournier's shooting off the bench. And, and and the and the and the and the comment that I made on the timeline was that many people believe that Evan Fournier's next team is going to be chi- next league is going to be China. I do not think that'll be the case. I think he will get a. I think he. I'm willing to bet that Evan Fournier will be in at least in one more NBA rotation before he moves to insert league here. But to your point. He lives in New York and he's rich and he will, and he's a consummate pro. So that's not something we don't, we don't have to worry about him making a stink. So, all right. 
All right. And I just want to give a shout out to the 96 people who are watching us discuss Evan Fournier on a Wednesday night in July after a summer league game that the Knicks won, which brought their record to one and two. Uh, they have one more game after this. And I know who it's against is against the Boston Celtics um, on Friday night. Um Knicks Film School will be back on Friday night for an, for the final post game live stream, and then there, and then the next post game live stream will be September October. But um, so until then, uh, so any parting words before we get out of here, Chris? Um, sure. Vivek said in the comments he's not too sure about overtime elite, and they need more time before sending guys through the pipeline. Yeah, I think they did fine for their like inaugural NBA year. You know, like this was their first serious NBA year. Jan Montero wasn't, you know, I know the Knicks got him, but he, that wasn't serious. Like, I, I, I think that may have may have even been an agent favor. Like, I'm not really sure how serious that move was for New York. Um, I had intimated that there was some unknown knowledge about Montero that would make people change their minds on him. And it's not anything he did off the court. It's just that I, he's a little older than. Yeah. Um, so basically uh, that was like an unserious year for them this year. They got two top five picks and then a couple of undrafted guys. And, and uh, I know Mojave King was, I think, you know, one of them was he G league ignite. And I'm, he was G league ignite and I'm losing my mind. Good, good. Uh, Jalen Martin for the Knicks was one of them. That's what I was thinking of. Good stuff. The guy I just spent 10 minutes talking about earlier. Um, basically Viv, I think they just got to keep sending guys up through the pipeline. Um, I, I think you got to start somewhere, you know, when you start up a school, you have like a first graduating class, like only a couple years after you start up the school, right? Like, does that roughly make sense? What I'm trying to say there, you need to give the school a couple years to figure out how to be a school. And then they have a graduating class and they're like, yes, this is our first fully homegrown graduating class. They got a lot of guys, not, they got a lot of guys halfway through their development, you know, at, at this stage. So I would be impressed with what we've seen so far because of how the interviews with coaches have gone in terms of how they think they've prepared these guys for the league and who those coaches are. Not too shabby. Pretty good start for OTE. Um, I don't think it was a great start and I don't think it was a very good start for OTE, but I think it was pretty good or, or very solid or just above mediocre, above average. I, I think that was a fine league jump start. Um, I think next year, I'll revisit that comment with you. If next year, you know, is disappointing in ways that are significant, we can talk about it. If next year is disappointing because the draft class is worse, well, we know the next year's draft class is worse than this year. So I'm not, you know, we'll, we'll give it another year. I just think it's important to let these things grow. And um, overtime elite kind of impressed me based on my initial perception of the level of competition and overall seriousness going on in, in the OTE to everything we learned afterwards. Sean. I have three words left for you, my friend. Take us home. <laughs> Will do. Um, really quickly, uh, Cynic does say, did we touch on why Roby didn't play late if he's in line to back up Julius at the four? He's not backing up Julius at the four. I think we covered this on Saturday. Our backup four, either be Josh Hart, RJ Barrett, or any combination of stuff. Um, why he didn't play late? I think just taking looks at different guys. Um, so I, I wouldn't look too much into it. Um, and with that, now I'll take you home and I will take you home by saying I'd like to give a big shout out to Andrew Claudio, who tied the knot on Sunday. Um, so congratulations to him and his lovely wife, Rosina. Um, they are somewhere in the south of France right now. Um, and by south of France, I mean somewhere in New York State. But um, congratulations to them. Uh it was also his wedding was also a bit of a KFS reunion. I can't, I didn't even say reunion. It was a meet and greet. Uh, a, I a, got a, just a union, a lot of a unions union, going on, yes. a lot of so, unions going on, being formed. Yeah. I got to meet for the first time Mensa, uh, Benji, and the one and only Jonathan Macri. 
Um, I got a picture of me and him. I'm gonna post on the internet. Um, I just I sound like old man. I'm gonna post it on the internet. Um, also got to be, also got to meet Oz, um, aka Bernard. Uh, it was good. T- it was good chatting with him. I actually got to send him a text. But um, Ozzy. Yeah, so um, but yeah, it was good to it was good to, and obviously I met I met Chris already um at the garden a few times, uh, and I had met I had met Jeremy at the garden a few times as well, um, but it was good to meet, and, and honestly, and I got to meet Andrew, who I talked to more than anyone else on Nick's KFS. I got to meet him for the first time in person, and it's it, so that was amazing. Um, hopefully that won't be the last time we're all in person, and we'll no, get to see no. each other. Um, um, this summer, hopefully, I'm actually trying to organize a KFS meetup this summer, um, where we take Andrew to get chocolate wasted, and he can drink all the chocolate syrup and stuff that he wants, um, because he is a smart man that does not consume alcohol, unlike me and you. And I can say that now because you're. You 21. can say that now. Yes, you can. All right, so let's get out of here. So thank you again for everyone who's still with us on a Wednesday night in July. We appreciate you. We absolutely appreciate you. Kevin Danishevsky, thank you for the uh, turkey, sausage, egg and cheese wake up wrap that I'm going to have tomorrow. Um, I will buy it back for you next time I see you um, at a Knicks post game at a Knicks uh, at a KFS event. Um, stay tuned to Knicks Film School. We will have some evergreen content coming out in the summer. I told Andrew today I need to be on at least one podcast where we draft some stuff because I wanted to, I've wanted to draft stuff on KFS for the longest and I finally get a chance to this summer. Um, so yeah, just stay tuned to the Knicks Film School podcast feed and Twitter and I was going to say and our social feeds so you know and when. So, yes specifically to tune into those podcast feeds and our YouTube subscribe to our, subscribe to YouTube. And so, so listen, do this, subscribe to our YouTube channel. So you <laughs> listen, can turn on alerts. Listen, do this. Listen, do this. <laughs> so when, so when, so I actually made this joke. I know I didn't joke. And it wasn't a joke. I asked uh, Andrew on Saturday, on Sunday, I said, if, cause I looked around and I was like, I'm here. Andrew's here. John is here. Jeremy's here. Chris is here. Mentz is here. Benji's here. So I said, Andrew, if the Knicks traded for Paul George right now, what will we do? And you know what his answer was? We will go live 10 a.m. tomorrow. So guess what? If the Knicks make any type of trade of any kind and we have to do an emergency live stream, make sure that you are so get alerts for when we go live on YouTube and when we go live on Twitter so that you can see and or and or hear the thoughts as soon as they come out. So for Chris Persianen, I am Sean for W. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Knicks Nation, let's ride.